Metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. You know that one? No? No, but man, that was a great entrance to this. Thank you. I thought you said insurance. Very special episode. Very spooky. Welcome, welcome. We are ready to read some of our listeners' stories here today. Yeah, what she said. Are you guys the long-awaited episode? Thank you guys so much for sending in a lot of your stuff. We've got some good ones compiled here today to share with the class okay and i say <laughs> we just dive right in like, and, <gasps> and <laughs> i guess just go ahead and like pretty much kind of read them word for word slash yeah we'll be doing our best impersonations <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding no it's unfortunately gonna be our voices still are you sick of that we could have people call in though if you want to if you want to call in let us know. We yeah. can maybe hook that up. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Here we go. Listener story number one. I'll let you do the honors. All right. So we have a good pal, Anthony Munar. We actually went to high school. Yeah. He's in my class. Such hey, a great, Anthony. a great, great fella. We love him. Yep. He sent us in a story about how when he first moved to Illinois, he was five years old. They came from Wisconsin, and he was sleeping in his parents' room, and there was a mysterious figure that came in the room and looked at them. Spooky. I hate that. Uh-huh. I don't like when you're, like, asleep uh-huh. and something comes at you like that. Yeah. It's all about being, like, at that point of night where you're... Right. So lost in trying to go to bed, and then you're just like, wait, is that real? Did I imagine that? So they dubbed him the Shadow Man. Dun, dun, dun. That's something that we see a lot. We don't like Shadow Men. Yeah, that's true. So his parents' current house also has a ghost, and one night his uncle was staying over and felt a tug on his foot, and the next morning he told everybody what he felt, and they were like, you have a ghost in your room. They, They know that the house is haunted, which yeah. I surprise uncle. I love little little teasers like that when you I just go too. and stay and you're like, oh, okay, you didn't know that there was another person in here with me. Right, awesome, right, right. love it. So thank you so much for sending that in, Anthony. Let us know if anything else happens in your parents' house. Please do, because we love to, we love to hear updates. We love to hear spooky stuff, little even small little details. So we're moving on to oh, these next stories. Are yeah, they go hand in hand actually. We had two wonderful sisters, yes, send in back to back their stories. And you know, you think with two sisters telling about their childhood and their life that stuff would be repeated, but let me tell you, both of them have so much tea. Yes, they do. Paranormal tea, if you will. <laughs> so cheers, people. Let's stir our glasses. Tea time. Okay, so I will start, and this is from Megan. And Megan is actually in my class, so I've known her for a very, very long time. So her email says, I have so many stories, I don't even know where to, be- where to begin. For several generations now, our family has been followed by some of the same demons over time. 
I haven't seen anything since I was a teenager living with my mom, so I believe the haunting may have stopped at my generation. I guess we can start back to one of my great aunts. Let's call her Louise to keep her identity a secret. She was married to a man named Jim. She had two children with him, and he eventually became an abusive addict. My aunt swears that he was possessed by something, and she walked into a room one day, and his back was arched, and he was crawling all over the floor, screaming <gasps> nonsense. Right. She eventually left him due to his demonic behavior and addiction, and then he eventually died of a heart attack. She later married another man whose name was also Jim, but this man was a pastor and took in her and her children as if they were her own. They all moved in together and were super happy. This bit happened before they got married, which really shows you how much he loved my aunt and did not let fear sway him away. There were small things happening in the house that my aunt could see, like small black figures the size of a cat. My aunt didn't think much of it at the time, but then the kids would be watching cartoons and the TV would switch to MTV at full volume. Then the objects my aunt were seeing were being noticed by the children as well, and things started to get weird. There was a night at about 2 a.m. my aunt heard a loud thud. My aunt rushed to my cousin's bedroom, and my cousin's bed was literally flipped sideways she was only about five at the time, so my cousin was hanging from the top of a bookshelf. Oh, and my cousin was hanging from the top of a bookshelf, which was seven feet tall. She was grasping with her hands, just hanging there in silent silence. As soon as my aunt went up to grab her and pull her down, my cousin started screaming so loud it woke up everyone in the house. At this point, my aunt and uncle were now very concerned of the evil that was present in their home, so they called a priest. My uncle, who's a pastor, didn't think he could bless the house alone. Wow. The more they prayed, the worse things got. The priest came over, and so did my great-grandparents. <clears throat> the priest literally walked in the house and left. He said, whatever is here is too strong, and I have to leave now. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. As my family was gathered in the kitchen, a loaf of bread that was on the counter rose and shot against a wall. My grandparents were in the disbelief at this time, and right then and there, they knew it was something bad. A few weeks later, things seemed to get quiet around the house. My aunt and uncle were home alone. My aunt was in the bathroom getting ready for the day. The kids had just gotten on the school bus, and my aunt turned around to exit the bathroom, and there was one of those shattered figures she kept seeing, but it was ten times the size of the original, which was about the size of a cat. My aunt screamed as the figure moved toward her, and she felt its energy. It was the same evil energy she felt in her ex-husband before he died. And she was screaming. My uncle ran into the room and started screaming at it. He started to pray as loud as he could. He was terrified, but he knew he had God with him. And he called upon God and his angels to rid the spirit who was now holding my aunt down to the ground. My uncle screamed, in the name of the Lord, I banish you from this house and send you back to where you came from. Nothing happened. He shouted again and he had a name in his head which was the name of my aunt's ex-husband. My uncle yelled the name of my aunt's ex-husband and said the same thing over again, and then the figure left. Oh, my God. Completely shaken, they were both sat there and cried together. They moved soon after this, and things got much calmer at their new house. Several years later, they moved out of state. They had come back to Decatur to visit family and were staying at a hotel. When they were laying in the bed, my aunt all of a sudden woke up. There in the window was the same figure they had both seen years before. My aunt woke up my uncle and they grabbed each other's hands and started saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again. The figure started moving closer and closer. All of a sudden, my aunt claims a bubble of light surrounded my aunt and uncle over their hotel bed and the figure was thrown against the wall and vanished. That was the last time they would ever see this spirit again. Out of all the stories I had to tell, 
This one still shakes me to my core. I've had several things happen to me, and to this day, every time I'm moved, I say the Lord's Prayer and tell the spirits of my house, if you are evil and do not want us here, you are banished from my house. A few smaller things have happened to me. All in one house we lived in before I moved to Mount Zion when I was eight. We were living in a big house built in the 60s over by the airport. The layout of the house was unique, and the front of the house was all glass and had several steps up and down into each room on the main floor. And there was a staircase leading to the bedrooms. And, every, and it was a very steep staircase that led to the finished attic, which was my brother's room. My sister, who was only four at the time, kept telling us about the girl that was crawling in and out of her ceiling. Which alone is frightening enough. We agree, Megan. That's freaking scary. Poor Fallon. You. I have. Poor thing. <laughs> that gives me chills. I can't, yes. like, my brain can't even process that. Yeah. We would hear doors slam all the time, and the attic was the creepiest part of the house. I remember on one occasion, my brother and I were playing Mario Kart in his room up in the attic, and a ship that was made out of grape crush cans, which was super cool, by the way, <laughs> lifted off his dresser and slammed into a wall. And around the same time, my bedroom door came off the hinges and slammed to my floor so hard that perfume bottles were stuck in the door. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so one day during the middle of the day, I was sitting in my bed at about seven. Then I saw a black figure in a black cloak walk down the stairs of the attic into my mother's bedroom. This is now the part where I tell you that we had a man living in our home who my mom was dating. I didn't know until years later that he was also suffering from addiction issues, much like my aunt's ex-husband but not as bad as him. This man was also abusive to us and my mom. It's as if the demons follow the addicts or the addicts draw on the demons due to their mental states. Mm -hmm. There are stories I can think of off the top of my head. Or, sorry, these are all the stories I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I can think of many more. Like the time a different one of my aunts was having dreams about a woman who died in her basement. And after some research, they found a body buried in the basement. (gasps) Or the time a different aunt of mine heard music coming from her walls but never found out where it was coming from. This same aunt also had thrown a Ouija board into the fire and heard screams coming from her fireplace. (sighs) The list truly goes on. But one thing I know for sure is that my family is strong in their faith and the louder we are with our love and belief for God, the more creepy things that just keep happening. Things have been pretty peaceful lately. Nothing scary has happened in about a decade. Knock on wood. But I fear now that I have a small child who I pray with every night before bed that something may be lurking in the shadows. My name is Megan Ernst, and she said we can use her name. So, shout out to you, Megan. That is freaking scary. Um, Super creepy. And, I yeah. There's so much to unpack there of, like, wow. Um, Wow is right. I... That type of thing, I mean, first of all, Megan, your wording is, like, novel-esque. Yeah. So good. I am thinking of you with your child because I can imagine that that's kind of scary to think about. Yes. But you guys are really strong in, in, in your, your beliefs, in your faith, and I think that that's held you pretty well so far. Yeah. I will say that is scary. That reminds me of The Conjuring. So many, like, little parts of that story is so horrifying. Can you imagine if your family has not experienced that? You're so lucky. I'm so glad that. That's just insane. That is nuts. I can't even, I can't even fathom that. Megan, if you think of anything else, let us know. Because, oh, Please send our way. It's spectacular. I almost don't even, like, want to comment on anything because I know it won't do justice to the amount of shocked I am 
right? Reading your story. So next we have Fallon, which is Megan's sister, Fallon Markwell. So that, she's Lexi's age, she, and Megan's yeah, my age. So yes. we're the same age difference, which oh, is funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So they, this is her recount about her family, which is I also just absolutely nuts. You guys should write a freaking movie. Honestly. Movie. Hello, Tiffany's. Is that the correct plural? <laughs> we we don't know, but I think it is. Tip and I. Tip and I'm so excited that you guys have your own podcast. I cannot believe I did not know this. I read my sister's stories she submitted prior to writing mine as to not overlap. Honestly, we could probably fill a whole episode with just our stories. We love that. Please keep Please sending do. them if you think of more. While Megan thinks the haunting stopped with our generation, I do not think that's true. Yikes. I actually believe that it has to do with our mom leaving Decatur, Illinois behind. It sometimes feels like there is a capsule of our spirits somewhere deep in Decatur. As a child, I had a lot of experiences, some that still haunt me to this day. So we shall start at the beginning. When I was two years old, we moved into this house. And she even included, like, Zillow links and pictures because she rocks. And this house is... Yeah. Nice. It's kind of spooky looking, honestly. (laughs) Maybe it's just because I've read the story, but... Right, right. My parents had divorced two years ago, and my siblings and I lived with my mother here. We lived in this home for maybe five years. A lot of experience took place here, shared individually and as a family. My first and most frequent experience was one in which I had a friend who occasionally joined me to play. This friend was also a resident of our home, but she was not a normal girl. She entered via the ceiling of my bedroom, which was with my attic, where my brother slept. Spooky, spooky, spook. She came right through, wearing a pink t-shirt and denim overalls, her hair light brown and always in pigtails. Honestly, she did not look a whole lot different from me. We began to see more of each other and played together often. I have distinct memories of looking at her and then looking at my closet doors, which were floor-to-ceiling mirrors and seeing only my reflection, not hers. She never scared me, and I spoke of her to my family often. They still remember her today, and as do I, with all the details of how she looked. The only thing I do not recall ever is her voice. It's almost as if she was mute. A few other notable things occurred in this home. Once, a bathroom door flew off the hinges in front of our eyes. We never used that bathroom again, nor did we reattach the door, afraid it would happen again. Another strange happening was an evening in which Megan and I were sleeping in her room under the supervision of a babysitter who we knew, loved, and trusted. Our mother and brother were gone that night. We slept through the night with ease. However, when we woke up in the morning, there was a glass bottle of perfume stuck straight through Megan's wooden bedroom door. So scary. The glass somehow was unbroken. We have no idea how this happened. We never heard any noise, and the fact that the bottle was not broken was so strange. Upon moving out of the home, we had to replace the door, which still had the hole in it. So that's wild. <clears throat> in our country manor home, we also had demonic experiences. We saw black, looming, hooded figures travel from room to room with special interest in my brother's and mother's rooms. I recently visited the home, which is lived in by a very strange middle-aged man. He has totally trashed the home and seems a bit off his rocker. He let us walk through and tell him about our stories. He said he has not experienced anything. However, when I set foot in the living room, I made a remark to our old friends, the spirits. I am back. And a 12-foot ladder proceeded to fall over. Oh, golly. He said that ladder had been standing there for months. 
This was before I had even shared my stories. My brother refuses to ever enter that home again. There are dozens more stories that could be shared about this home, but these are just my notable. I believe these spirits followed us to our next home. I saw the same demonic figures in this new home as well, especially in my mother's room. My mom had even claimed to have a couple of interactions most recently in Sarasota, Florida. The other stories I would like to share are warm yet sad ones. I believe I am imprinted with some form of gift with those who have passed. I dream of people I have never met or never known of that are no longer alive. I have met my grandfather who died when my mother was 11 years old. I have met the grandmother of my boyfriend who died when his mother was just four years old. I have met the father of a friend at Decatur who passed only a couple years ago and many, many others. First, I will tell you about my friend Ashley from Florida. I only had met Ashley a handful of times and did not know anything about her at the time, other than the facts that she was dating my friend and she worked at a frozen yogurt store. One night I dreamt I was with her family that I had never met and they were teaching me about their trade, which was snake hunting. Ashley and I were joined by her parents and her brothers. Suddenly someone was bitten by a snake, her small brother. A feeling of chaos and tumult ensued. Things started happening quickly. Her family made it clear we were now on a mission to find the snake that had bitten him and kill it. So we did. Then I woke up. I thought, hmm, this is strange, and moved on. Later that day, I saw Ashley's boyfriend, Patrick. I told him my dream, thinking it would draw a laugh. It did not. He asked me if I knew. I did not understand what he was asking. He immediately drove me to see Ashley and made me recount my dream again. She looked at me with a very concerned expression and proceeded to tell me that that day was the anniversary of her brother's death, which was caused by a snake biting him. I had no idea. I still get full body chills. Yeah, that's wild. Oh and my gosh. That's one of those things that oh. sits heavy forever. And I have those things too. So if you ever need someone to talk to about it. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. It really that is, is so crazy. Wow. She says, this was not the first time something like this had happened, and it would not be the last. The story I will end with is also about a dream I have had recur my entire life. As stated, my mother's father died when she was 11 years old. He died of brain cancer. We shared the same birthday, and I have always longed to connect with him. I began to have this dream as a child. The dream was set in autumn in Illinois at an event that felt like a fall festival. At the event, even my mother's childhood home, which appeared to have been lifted from the ground and placed on a trailer for transport. She also included her mother's childhood home. Ling's so cool. Which also looks kind of spooky too. Everyone kept telling me to go in, that my grandfather was there and I had the opportunity to meet him. I entered the home and went upstairs to the first bedroom on the left, which had a soft-aged yellow wallpaper and sheer white curtains. There, I found my grandfather sitting at a small, dark wooden table with two chairs, and one of which he was sitting. There was no embrace, but I felt welcomed. He told me of the time with my grandmother and about World War II in which he had met a woman in Poland and they had a child together. It was such a heartwarming and fulfilling experience talking with him and absorbing everything he said and his energy. It was magic. It was all I would ever know of him. He told me it was time to go and we finished our conversation. I walked downstairs and out of the home where I was greeted with laughter. People began to tell me it was all an elaborate prank. It was a joke. It was not really him. My experience was invalidated. Then I woke up. I've had this dream at least two dozen times in my life. Wow. Mind you, when I started having this dream, I had never been inside my mother's childhood home. I had no understanding of what it looked like. That being said, years later, my mother took me to see it, and it was exactly how I dreamt of it. That is crazy. 
Also, we have a cigar box of his belongings, which held the locket of a woman we could not identify and photos of him in Poland. I have always wondered if that is her. You could say that these dreams are a lot of subconsciousness joining to create elaborate plots within my mind. I would have a hard time arguing otherwise, yet the experiences I've had are so true that I refuse to dismiss them. Girl, don't do it. Mm -hmm. They are true. My dreams have told me of things I have never known, introduced me to people I have never met, and allowed me to provide hope to others and their loved ones that are still around. Unfortunately, I do not dream of people I personally have lost. Perhaps one day I will have that pleasure, maybe when I need it most. If you are ever in need of more or have questions, please ask. I'm so sorry this email turned out to be so long. Please feel free to use my name. I do not mind at all. I wish both of you tremendous luck in pursuing your podcast. I am so excited to listen. Best, Fallon Markwell. Thanks, Fallon. Ugh, the Markwell sisters are delivering novel-esque yes. stories. You guys should honestly think more. about capitalizing on your own experiences. <laughs> that is so crazy. Thank you guys so much for sharing. I have, I have chills. I can't even imagine what that's like to have experiences like that yeah and insane and i 100 percent believe that that's actually you actually experienced that you did like some people have a gift it's for a reason and you will help a lot of people in your life honestly oh yeah for sure it's crazy for sure okay you creepy people (laughs) we are now on to Chelsea Craft. So, here we go. Chelsea is my best friend, so holla. So, my name's Chelsea, and this all started when I was staying at my boyfriend's house. Oh, I mean, when I started staying at my boyfriend's house. Shout out Bemo. He <laughs> listens. He supports. <laughs> He's scared, but he listens. <laughs> we love supporting Bemo. We had been dating for about six months when I started staying over more frequently. We were in a summer sand volleyball league that played once a week on Mondays, and on this particular day, we had a tornado warning when we got home, and he had gotten called into work. Instead of going home to my house, I stayed at his house in the basement to watch movies. He had a crossfit under the stairs in his house that backs up to the garage, and he had left the door open for me in case we, meaning me and the dogs, needed to run under the stairs. The door to the crossface opens up to the direction of the garage, so when the door is open it's back to back with the door to the attached garage and the bi-level home the dogs and i are watching a movie downstairs only because of the tornado we hardly ever spend time down there alone just because i feel very uncomfortable i always feel like someone is staring at me from behind i ignored it and tell myself that it's just my imagination and never turn around to see if something is there so 30 minutes go by and i hear a loud noise coming down the stairs like one of the dogs are dropping their bones down each stair one by one. I start to yell at the boys to not drop their bones on the floor, but both of the boys are sound asleep right in front of me. No one else is in the house. Totally freaked out, I decide, screw it, I'm going upstairs. When I turn around, the door that had been opened to the crawlspace under the stairs was closed and latched. Mm -hmm. Totally freaked out, I told myself that even though Brian said he would leave it open, maybe he closed it. I wait for him to get home, and I ask, Babe, did you leave the door open for me when you left? He said yes, in case you needed to go under there. I told him what happened, and he just brushed it off. He'd only been living in this house for about five months at this point, and he had had no problems before. Plus, he's a total skeptic and didn't believe in these kind of things. A.K.A. he's actually scared. He uh, didn't believe is code for I'm scared and I want to ignore that that's a possibility. (laughs) We all know you're scared, but it's okay. Side note, the next day I went downstairs to debunk the door closing, thinking maybe the door closed on its own. It has a pull that makes it stay shut. Wrong. 
The door stayed open until I shut it. Keep in mind, there is not air draft. There is no air draft that could have closed. It's backed up to the attached garage that doesn't allow airflow. We went to bed that night with no other issues. That happened on a Monday night, and on Wednesday night, it got worse. This is the first week I have stayed like six out of the seven nights in a week. I had only gone home once. Everything seemed normal. We fell asleep to the TV on and drift into a restful sleep. When all of a sudden, there is a man standing over me. All he says is, hey. I freak out. I grab Brian's leg and scream, wake up, someone's in the house. He sits up, turns on the light, and there's no one there. I swore there was a man standing over me. He was a middle-aged man with glasses and white hair. His haircut was very short, almost like a military fade. And this was not a dream, because everything was as is, like it was happening in real time. He asked what was going on. No one's in the house. What did you see? I told him I saw a man standing over me, and all he said was, hey. So he told me, no, it's just a bad dream, and go back to sleep. Not two hours later, I'm jolted awake because Brian is shaking me awake. As I come to find myself growling, and I wake up, well, babe, what is it? He said, Chelsea, you are growling in your sleep. <laughs> I was dreaming, quote unquote, that there was a woman in our closet. My side of the bed is facing two feet from the closet, and she looked possessed. She looked like the mom in The Conjuring and the little girl mm. in The Exorcist mix. Her face was all cut up, and she was sitting with her back to the wall, knees to her chest, and her arms around her legs in a white nightgown. She was growling at me. She was definitely evil. She did not need help. She wanted me. In my dream, I say dream because like two hours earlier, it didn't feel like a dream. Everything was just like it was in real life, as if it was happening in real time. I told her that she was not welcome here in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to leave. And as I'm telling her this in my dream, she's growling at me. And that's when Brian woke me up because I was growling in real life. Needless to say, neither of us got much sleep that night. I was supposed to move into his house within the next couple of weeks, and I told him I would not stay in that house until it was blessed. At first, he was hesitant, but after what had just taken place in the last two days, he was open to the idea. The next day, which was Thursday, I go to work. I'm a hairdresser, and I was telling my good friend about what had taken place in the last two days. Little did I know, his cousin used to own the house that Brian now owns and lives in. So I asked him, did your cousin have any strange experiences? He said, no, not that I know of, but we can text him. So I said, yes, right now. I need to know if I'm crazy or not. So my friend texts his cousin, quote, did you have any strange experiences in your house on Nordic? End quote. Literally within minutes, his cousin is replying. He responds with, quote, that house is cursed and should be burnt to the ground. <laughs> Unquote. Side note, his cousin knew nothing about me or the fact that my boyfriend bought this house and what had just gone through in the past couple days. He goes on to say that every couple that lives in this house has experienced financial hardship, three of the five couples had gotten divorced, and that when he lived there, his dogs wouldn't even come inside the house. They would bark at the back door, went outside when he wanted them to come back inside. Sorry. <laughs> my friend texts his cousin saying, my friend's boyfriend now owns that house and is having some weird things happening. She said there was a man standing over her in her dreams last night. The cousin responded, oh yeah, there's a woman too. <gasps> Y'all, I think I died inside. Every bit of color drained from my face. I was not crazy. This family was experiencing the same thing I was. His cousin went on to say that he had used holy water above every doorway in the house, and he tried to rid the house of all evil spirits. He ended up moving due to his job and sold the house to the next couple who my boyfriend bought the house from, and they were selling due to divorce. 
I told Tiffany and Tiffany about this, and they were spooked. They convinced me to sage the house. Thinking that's the easiest option to start with, I decided to do it. Before we get there, my boyfriend opens every window in the house to let the light in, as he would say. We and sound like we have a business. Just see. honestly, if you need us to sage your house, we'll we do smudge. it. Actually, we do need to do my house. Just to help you. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, my boyfriend was saying, whoever you are, you are not welcome here. And he just walked around the house repeating that over and over and over. About 30 minutes later, myself and the Tiffany's arrive and spend the next half an hour saging the house. I took my time, thought positive thoughts, and said I do not enjoy being woken up in the middle of the night, so please stop doing that. We have had zero happening since. I don't feel like I'm being watched. I moved in with my three cats, which I wonder if they help to keep bad spirits away. Shout Mm -hmm. out to the kitty cats. Mm -hmm. Two things I didn't mention. I had told my friend's mom, who is very spiritual with the other side, about what had happened that night, and that both people or spirits or whatever they were were standing by my side of the bed near the closet. And she said that maybe the closet was a portal, and I was a positive outlet for spirits to seek for guidance and closure. I told her, how could that be? I've never experienced something like this before. And she said that sometimes it takes people well into their adulthood to understand these things, and you have to be open to it for it to happen. Well, I am not open to it, and I haven't had anything else happen since. When I was telling Tiffany, and two, when I was telling Tiffany about the man standing over me, I told her he said help. Brian then corrected me and said, no, he said, hey, I remember because you were growling. I shook you awake because I didn't want to say hey and scare you again. So that makes me wonder if maybe the man said hey, but also needed my help. And I just understood it. Like I got the vibe that he wasn't going to hurt me, but needed my help with something. I'll never know. And I'm okay with that because it was a terrifying experience, but it does leave one wondering. Oh, yeah, I never knew that last little tidbit about that. Man, Chelsea was so spooked when she <sighs> called me about that. It was wild. That was, I felt bad for her, but it was really exciting from like an out. She also does this evil demon face, and all I can picture is her growling to that face. And she knows, oh like, God. maybe we should make that <gasps> face the title of Chelsea, this album because please. I have several screenshots of oh, it. Do you really? Of course. Okay, let's freaking do it. I can do like a like negative version of it. Negative photo, so that way it looks like, um, first of all, even scarier, and also maybe Chelsea won't notice at first that it's her demon face. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Until she listens. Wow, Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing that. Again, like, it's amazing thinking about how many of these people we know that have, like, experiences. Like, demonic experiences. Oh, yeah. You know? It feels like it's only the movies, and then you hear someone's personal true recount of you it. experience it you guys it's freaking insane freaking insane in the freaking membrane insane. okay you are up all right let's do it this one is i think our last story that we'll probably read today mm-hmm. we'll save more for next time yeah because this is a long this is a big boy one but this is from my best friend nice caitlin chisel rainey so Caitlin enjoys spooky stuff spooky like stuff. us. So she's yeah. had her fair share of experiences, and she decided to compile some of them for and us. email them to us. So I'm just gonna read her email and her, what she wrote, and I'm sure we'll have to have her on at some point and tell all the rest of her stories because she's got some crazy ones. Yes, she's oh, yeah, much she like me. Yes, in in that she searches out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> really, really scary stuff. And really, we just have to be reined in a little bit. Scary stuff. 
Caitlin says, hello, spooky girls. It is finally time for me to write in and tell some of my spooky, creppy stories. I told my coworkers that I was on a conference call, but that was a little lie so I could come in here and type this up with no interruption. No one ever said I was a good employee. Just kidding. I love her. I have a lot of encounters, but I have endless time until I'm off my conference call. Nice. So let's go. One, Midland House. So she has attached a whole separate document that she wrote of this. I think I might save this for last because I know this Please story do. and it's crazy. She says she's been trying to get most of her encounters in her childhood home on paper. Smart. So it's a little lengthy and she says it's really dorky how it's written. So please treat her like an aspiring third grade writer. Okay. Yep. But she has written her whole house story of the house she grew up in. So we'll save that one for last. Mineral Springs. She said, Tip basically already covered this one with all the chains and getting pushed. Mm -hmm. The weirdest thing was afterwards when the shaman was super concerned with me specifically and told me he could tell it affected me deeply. Then told Matthew, her husband, to watch me, which was odd because how did he know we were together? Like, we were standing next to each other, but, you know, we don't hold hands or anything, so it felt odd and very personal. (laughs) Kaylin and Matthew are not, like... Um, PDA people at all so yeah. they're they're very much so like the best of friends but you wouldn't always tell unless yeah. you knew and the fact that he knew to tell Matthew that was also just yeah creepy it's so creepy definitely number three first Unitarian Church my first time in Alton was when I was 18 with my mom and her husband Brett we took the walking tour around Halloween time and the last stop was at the Unitarian Church Upon entering the place, I could just feel it. It's very hard to explain, but I know you both know what I mean. Unsafe, unstable, just knowing that there is something darker. They started all the groups off the same way they always do, saying where did the priest hang himself, which is a fun little quip that they start out with. But then they turn us loose for some self-investigations. My mom had just found out she was pregnant with Ryan, her little brother, and when she got into the church, she immediately felt sick, so her and Brett stayed upstairs in the pews. I wasn't going to let this chance to investigate pass me up, so I said I would go around alone. I found myself drawn to this door that led down the stairs. Side note for me, which you're not supposed to go down there by yourself at all, and that's just, Caitlin was just <laughs> I like, I love yeah, her so we'll just, much. We'll just go ahead. That's that is, like, this is, okay, we, Tiff and I talk about all the time, like, there are certain places that only her and I can go, like, for our two-time spooky adventures. Chiz is always included in that. She's always included. She's, <laughs> I think she's a, a level deeper than both of us combined. In every, <laughs> in every sense of the word. I would have to agree. And we just have so much respect for her. So we're, yeah. we're going to have to have her on the podcast. But Yeah, she should be our next guest. Oh, she's the best. She's my beef. Anyways, as I was walking down, I felt almost like I was going underwater. It got darker, and not just because there were no lights on. The darkness was a feeling, too. At the bottom of the staircase, you turn left, and it goes into a bigger hallway. As I approached the bottom of the stairs, I felt heavy. Like, heavier than I am in real life. (laughs) She said, ah. Like, my feet were bricks, and I was trudging through quicksand or something. I didn't have a flashlight, either. I turned the corner to go into the bigger hallway, and I saw a large shadow mass moving quickly down the hall to me. I stood and stared for a second and realized it wasn't just my eyes and it wasn't just the darkness playing tricks. It was actually something moving at me and it was negative and it didn't want me there. I've literally never ran upstairs quicker. It was weird because as soon as we left the church, it was like the heaviness in my chest was lifted. 
spooky I've been in that place. Yeah, it is. said this before, too. I have been affected yeah. in that place big time. I remember one time I was so ill and I went back to the hotel and we were all having pizza and having fun and I, I just went to sleep because yeah. I didn't, I couldn't even like be there. I couldn't be present, which is so unlike me because I'm always down for, I'm always down to clown. I was down to clown. I don't want to miss out on anything. Also, everyone. Oh God. Guess, Guess what I'm drinking. drinking. Such a fun game. Guess what I'm dreaming? Drinking? I'm dreaming. Just, I'm dreaming of what I'm dreaming. Dietary Pepsi. Honestly, always. Greenwood Cemetery. I've been there so many times and not every time something happens, but there have been a few times that odd things have happened. A cool one was several years back. Matthew, myself, and my brothers were playing hide and seek in the cemetery at night in the summertime. Which, if you've never done that, so fun. Don't get, don't get in trouble. Do it at your own risk, but... A game of hide-and-seek in Greenwood Cemetery is chef's kiss. I was a seeker, and I was counting near where the Brockman staircase is. I started to notice a figure in the distance. He had a top hat on, and I thought it was just the shadows and the trees at night moving. I stood and stared at it for a long time before moving an inch. After rubbing my eyes and blinking just to see if it was a trick of lighting, he was still there. He was only moving ever so slightly. A man in a top hat. I didn't feel any type of sinister energy, so I wasn't worried. Later that night, I was talking to Matthew, and he said, I saw the weirdest thing in the cemetery. It looked like a man who had a top hat on. I stared at him for a long time, but he didn't really move much. It just looked like he was looking for something. I freaked out and told him I saw the same thing. It was just crazy. We both saw it. And sometimes it doesn't feel real until you feel validated. Mm -hmm. So it was a cool experience. Yeah. She's a, she's I, I remember her telling me that story oh, in yeah. Greenwood. Oh, walking around at night. There's something about being in Greenwood Cemetery and your eyes are just like trying to fixate on stuff you think you see and you never know. Mm-hmm. Or if you are playing hide and seek and you, we did that on my birthday mm-hmm. this past, did we do it this past year? Yeah, mm-hmm. we did it on my birthday. And I swear I saw, <laughs> like I don't even know who was someone we were with or just, yeah. Maybe something that wasn't supposed to be there with us. Who knows? The Windsor Hotel. This was where we stayed during our trip to Plains, Georgia, while we were hanging with Jimmy Carter. Nice. <laughs> this is in high school, the quartets. Yeah. Um, all went to sing for Jimmy Carter in Georgia, and Caitlin Live texted me the whole entire trip. It was. I got what a gal. I knew going into the hotel that it was haunted, and the first night there, I went to the front desk clerk and asked if she had any odd experiences or knew of any stories. She told me about a few things. I can't remember all the stories, but she showed me a picture someone had taken of a full-on apparition near the staircase, which I still have. The one story I really remember was about a housekeeper and her son who had died in the hotel. He had been found at the bottom of the elevator shaft. No one really knew how it happened. Later that night, I decided to do a bit of investigating. I set up shop near the elevator shaft on my floor, figuring if I'd get communication, it would be near the elevator. I started rolling my letter dice and asking questions. She said C and C is two for reference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't get too many answers right away, so I moved to an elevator on the next floor up. Pretty soon after asking some questions, I started to see some relevant answers. I was with a group of three other people, and all of a sudden it got so hot that one of the people in my group had to leave the area. There was no explanation for that. I remember I got to asking, who are you? I rolled the dice very clearly, and I got Legion. 
I asked again, who are you? The dice clearly spelled, we are many, you are few. Oh my god. This may have been entirely coincidental, but the feeling I had was not. As soon as I got the answer, I wrapped up the session. Later that night, I was hearing footsteps in the hallway, running up and down right outside our door. Finally, I had enough. I opened up the door and no one was there. I thought maybe it was my imagination. I closed the door and went back to bed. The next day, we were back in the lobby and the front desk girl from before called out and said, Hey, I forgot one story I meant to tell you. Apparently, there's a little boy on floor four that likes to run around the hallway at night. We don't know who he is or much about him, but we got all sorts of complaints about him constantly. Something about little kids. Uh-huh. I was so glad I got to have that experience. Okay, so now... That is creepy. She's She's got quite the list. She'll have to bring more. So now I'm going to save her... The big boy. Her big boy for last, which was her story about the street she grew up on. Okay. Which... This is, like, I feel like part of the reason Caitlin and I first became friends, because I was so fascinated that this story actually happened to her. And we bonded over it, you know? Nice. Okay. This story is called Midland. And Caitlin, remember, she said, please just treat me like an aspiring third grade writer. We love it. Okay. So this is in the perfect essay format. Okay. Great. When I was a kid, I remember when I would see dark shadows in my room at night. I used to tell my mom about them, and we used to pray every night before I'd go to bed that I wouldn't wake up and see the shadows at night. As early as I can remember, not every night, but most nights, I'd wake up, and it would seem like something was on the edge of my bed. Now, you can attribute this to several things. One, my mom blamed it on the Goosebumps books I like to read before bed. Same. (laughs) She thought they were scaring me, and that, more likely, if I stopped reading them, I would have better dreams and sleep through the night with no interruption. Why would we do that? (laughs) No, 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 no. Two, this was a time before I realized how bad my eyesight really was. (laughs) It's bad. So maybe there weren't shadows. Maybe it was all in my head. But it never got better when we moved into our new house. In fact, it got much worse. I was about eight when we moved into our new house, and it was much bigger than our old house. The best part was the big tree house and the tree on the side of the house. This was the first thing I wanted to do when we were moving in. I climbed up the ladder and crawled in through the hatch door that should be closed from the inside. It was almost like this tree house had two rooms. You came in through the bottom of the front part of it. There were little windows on the three sides. Kids who lived there before had drawn in crowns all over the wall. It was bright and warm and the perfect place to spend the upcoming summer. But then you look towards the back of the treehouse. The treehouse itself was built in one tree, but the tree had two large branches stemming upward, which was where the treehouse sat. <laughs> I'm setting the scene <laughs> in my head. The She's doing a great job. She is. We have a bunch of novelists, honestly. The natural divide from the front to the back of the treehouse was in front of and then behind the two large branches. It was almost like when you crossed between the inside of the treehouse, you were in a whole different world. The very back of the treehouse was a mirror that covered the entirety of it. Oh, It was dark and no windows back there, so no sunlight either. The mirror was the only source of light that reflected with the windows in front of the treehouse poured in. I was up there alone that first day. I started to crawl back to the unlit side of the treehouse, thinking the darkness would be cooler and relaxing. For some reason, I could not get my body to go back there. I stared at myself in the mirror on the back wall, wondering why I couldn't do it. It seemed silly. I was alone. There was nothing else up there. 
All I could do was stare at myself in the mirror in the darkness. I started to go back. I crawled back there and it seemed like it took forever to reach the mirror. I was watching my hands and knees for where I could crawl next. When I lifted my head up to look into the mirror again, my breath dropped out of me. Behind me was a figure. It was dark. I couldn't move. My choices were limited. I could hide in the mirror darkness in the back or I could crawl towards the shadow to climb down the ladder. I froze and shut my eyes. I opened them again and when I heard my mom's voice calling for me to come down, the figure was gone. I never went up to the treehouse alone again. I was constantly questioned why I wouldn't go play in there alone. It seemed like the perfect place for a kid like me who loved to be alone and read quietly, but it's almost like I was embarrassed to say what had happened. I said I was afraid of the spiders that might be in there. My parents believed that for a long time. <laughs> She's still her <laughs> Our first night in the new house had come. My grandparents had been there helping us move in that day, so my grandma tucked me in that night. She helped me say my prayers and told me to have a good first night's sleep in my brand new room. I had a canopy bed with a big yellow floral drapey canopy over top. The top middle bar of the canopy is where I hung my dream catcher that I had made the year prior. I decided it would be the perfect spot to hang it. That way it would be easy for it to catch all my bad dreams and turn them into good ones. Mm-hmm. My grandmother left the room and I couldn't close my eyes. I was excited. My bed was in the far right corner of the room facing the door. My huge stuffed teddy bear held the door open so I could see into the hallway. The floor That's was creepy. I know. So- the floors were hardwood and scattered in my room were several piles of clothes that I hadn't put away into my dresser. Mm, my Same. <laughs> <laughs> to the right of my bed was the window which faced the front yard and the street. It was summer and we had all the air conditioning on. I focused on trying to shut my eyes and get some sleep. The moonlight shone through my window onto my bed. My eyes were getting heavy. All of a sudden, I awoke, but I wasn't awake. <laughs> I was looking at myself from above. Oh, no. My body was asleep, but I wasn't. Why was this happening? I floated higher up, so high my back was touching my dream catcher, and it started to move. Next to my sleeping head appeared three figures. They were dark. They were watching me. They were watching me sleep. But maybe they didn't know I could see them. One by one, they lit up until they were all glowing. Then I entered back into my body. I began to levitate. I felt the covers of my bed slip off my legs. I floated down gently until the side of my face was resting on the cold, hardwood floor. The loudest thought I ever had was said over and over again in my mind. I'm going to wake up on the floor. I'm going to wake up on the floor. I'm going to wake up on the floor. Over and over again in my mind, I played what had happened. Why were my eyes still shut, but I could see everything? I was cold without my blankets. My door was still propped open with my giant teddy bear. My clothes were littered across the room. My bed sheets were falling off of the bed, and my face was cold because it was resting on the wooden floor. My eyes opened. It was bright. I could hear voices coming from downstairs. My head hurt. I sat up. I was on the floor. That was real, I thought to myself. I had absolutely no explanation for what had happened. I didn't tell a soul. Not for many more years. What I didn't know then was that that nightmare was only the first of many that I'd have for years in that house. My gosh. Just wait. Oh, yikes. We lived in that house for about eight years when I was growing up. The fear I had for being in that house alone seemed unwarranted as nothing ever tried to harm me or actually harmed me that I know of. It was a feeling. A feeling that you get when you're alone in any room. You know you weren't. There was always something else with you. We had a dog when I was 11 named Sammy. Sammy was a mutt. She was a good dog, my best friend. I was in the shower one day in the upstairs bathroom. It was afternoon. I heard Sammy begin to bark. I could tell she was upstairs as well, and I wasn't sure what in the world she was barking at. The barking continued. It turned into growls. 
I got out of the shower and peeked my head outside the bathroom. I could see Sammy outside the doorway to my parents' room. She was fixated on something. She would bark and bark and growl. The fur on the back of her neck was standing up. She'd take a few steps into the room and then whimper as though she was hurt and back out of the room a few steps. And then the barking and growling would resume. No matter how many times I called Sammy's name, she wouldn't stop. It was like she didn't even hear me. She saw something that we didn't, and she didn't like it. It went on like that for 10 minutes, and then it was as if she lost sight of what she was afraid of and was able to walk into the room. She went to the corner where the armoire was that she was barking at and sniffed all around it like she was looking for something. She was back to normal. I couldn't help but wonder what it was that she saw that we didn't, but I never doubted her instincts. Good old Sammy. Mm. I mentioned the eerie sense that you get whenever you were in a room in that house, especially when your back was exposed. Our downstairs living room was the one we spent most of our time in. It was an oddly shaped room, very long but very skinny. The sofas were all set up with one being back against the side wall and the other with the back exposed to the front door facing the television. Okay. The worst feeling of being watched, the worst feelings of being watched were in that room. You could be with anyone in that room, but there was always something else in there with you. When I was 16, I had a car in my license and I would stay after school for practices sometimes. My younger brother was 13 at the time. On days when I had shorter practices, he'd ride the bus and I'd get home about an hour after him. One day I pulled in the driveway and saw him sitting on the porch with his knees to his chest, hugging them. Oh my gosh. His eyes were bigger than I'd ever seen. I hopped out of my car and ran up and asked what happened. There's someone in the house. I just know it. I just know it, he said. My jaw dropped, and in a fit of bravery, I decided to go investigate. I was the older sister, and if someone was in the house, I wasn't just going to let them get away with it. I grabbed a baseball bat that was lying against the side of the garage and opened the door. Aren't you going to come in and back me up? I asked my brother. I can't go back in there, he said with his eyes still wide. I opened the door yelling inside that I was coming in and had a weapon. I must have sounded insane. Luckily, there was no one there to hear my scared and empty threats. I checked the entire house, top to bottom, in every closet and under every bed. Every room I traveled became more and more confident that no one was there. I went back outside to my brother and told him what I had found. What happened in there, I asked him. I was sitting on the couch watching TV, and I decided to go to the kitchen to get a snack. I walked out of the room, and the TV turned off. I came back in the room and turned it back on and left again to use the bathroom. While I was in the bathroom, I heard the TV turn off again. This time, when I came back into the room, the remote was gone. I looked everywhere for it, and while I was looking, the door to the inside of the garage opened and slammed shut. <gasps> and I swear I heard footsteps. That's when I ran outside. I knew you'd be home soon. I showed concern, but I knew no one had been in the house. Oh my gosh. There's so many horror movies out there where birds fly into the windows of haunted houses. The explanation is always some kind of electromagnetic pull or field around the house or property. It seemed our house was no different. Birds flew into our windows constantly, and it never went without scaring the daylights out of us. It was never any one specific window either. Once it was so bad, it cracked the downstairs window, and we had to get it replaced. Oh, my lanta. It got so bad at a point that you'd be sitting watching TV in the living room and see birds outside, inside Ivan, the whole time. It wasn't until years later that my mom came to tell me about some of her experiences in the house. We had moved out of the house by that point, and the discussion was sparked by a bird flying into the window of our apartment slider glass doors. That used to happen a lot at the old house, she said. A lot of weird things used to happen at the old house, I responded. Did I ever tell you about some of my experiences, she asked. There would be times where your dad would be working nights, and I'd be alone in bed, and the bed would start shaking, and a few hmm. times it levitated. I always felt cold breath on the back of my neck any time I was downstairs alone, too. That just gave me chills. Hmm. 
She said all of this so nonchalant. I hate that. I was so surprised she never told me. I asked why she kept all that stuff from us, and she told me she never wanted to scare us, but she wanted out of that house so badly. To this day, the majority of my dreams are set in that house. It looks the same most times. I never wake up feeling resolved. It makes me wonder if more was happening in the house right under my nose, and I never knew it. Multiple times, I try and research if anything happened in that house that ended badly. Only marriages, said one of our neighbors. No married couple makes it out of that house. My parents were no exception. The same neighbor told me someone died in that house, but I never found anything stating that was true. Shortly after moving out of that house, my youngest brother said in passing, I don't have nightmares anymore. Do you? Oh my gosh. I looked at him funny. No, I don't have nightmares anymore. I don't know you had them either. How did you know I had nightmares? I asked. Well, I thought you did, he said. I could always see into your room from across the hall. I'd hear footsteps coming up the stairs, and it always sounded like they were going into your room. There were always weird shadows in your room, too. Sometimes I would peek out of my covers and see stuff moving in your room. Hail to the spook and no. I don't know. My nightmares were always me alone in the house trying to get away from something, and I never knew what it was. But I don't have them anymore, and I sleep much better. Oh, I also know of, like, two other instances that Caitlin didn't talk about in this. Ooh. Now so she has to write them again. she has to come on the podcast and... Yes, and yes, yes. ...give even more detail, but... Wow. I just... That gives me so much chills. I know. And again, everyone is just a novelist here. Thank yes, you so much for putting all the effort into your stories. Keep sending stuff in so we can do this again, because oh, this was fun. Thank you, Megan, Fallon, Anthony, Chelsea, and Caitlin, for your beautiful, beautiful stories. Like Tiffany said, keep sending them in two times spooky at gmail.com. All spelled out. We want to have another one of these episodes because you guys are so freaking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, was awesome. so good. And part of me is like, should we compile a fan stories book and like right. this is so good, guys. So good. And also it makes me use less brain power. Woo! We love that. We love to see that. Thank you for giving <laughs> us a little break and letting us be chilled to the bone for once. Okay, well with that being said, <laughs> lights out. <laughs>